good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup, Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Zoe, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Right on. Hey, we got Ogamo with the news at the end of the time, and then uh, Zoe and I are going to talk about uh, a surprise uh, thing that's happening out here in Minneapolis with uh, Native Ritz Trading Post. But hey, let's not start with the news. We're going to start with the news with the groovy lady, Nancy Bolio of Bemidji 350 and MN350. She's on location. Let's get to Nancy right away. Oh, Nancy, what's up? It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm calling in from the parking lot here at the Beltrami County Administration Building. Um, We have our our county board meeting tonight, and my purpose of being here is to uh, invite them to our Beltrami County Treaty 101 Summit because we are... Um, the question is, is what does the transition to environmental and racial justice look like based around treaty obligation? And again, our ancestors signed them with the, with their ancestors and, and there's that in on that ongoing in perpetuity obligation, you know, that all these people that still occupy these lands and still benefit from them have an obligation to this day because treaties are very much alive today um, as the day they were signed. So I was here in a good way to um, speak to some of our shared history and how these treaties have been broken and how we can do better together as treaty people. So um, the best part about it was the new sheriff in town was here, um, Jason Riggs from Beltrami County. And um, he is actually trying to do his best to understand how to be a good treaty person. And just ironically, I was sharing copies of our firelight uh, case, you know, on the line three in um, Beside, near Beside, Minnesota here in northern Minnesota. Um, and I had the honor to remind um, the audience tonight that the state of Minnesota lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the Anishinaabe protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation. And this county being a part of that Northern Lights Task Force on the Line 3 um, is not a good way to be a neighbor, you know, as a county that is, um, you know, economically prosperous. There's so much prosperity from the three tribes that surround this this town of Bemidji, we got Red Lake Nation, the White Earth Nation, and the Leech Lake Nation. And again, um, I guess, you know, the my purpose in life, not just the work I do, because Robert, even if I wasn't here, I'd still be doing this, but uh, um, right. is to build awareness and education and build some type of treaty partnership, um, despite our differences. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, these non-Native people don't want to um, uphold the treaties or feel like they don't have to, but I'm here to remind them that they have to. So that court case um, um, was a, a, a piece of victory for our people. And I, I want this county to know that their Northern Lights Task Force or any you know, law enforcement type of resistance to our self-determination and to our sovereignty. And when we make decisions, that's not okay anymore. So, um, yeah, so I did a a lot of talking in five minutes and shared a copy of our court case (laughs) when it actually gave a copy to the sheriff because he was here. And, you know, I think that's a good thing there too, because what I noticed with the last sheriff, he wasn't coming to these meetings and, you know, the, um, county board and the sheriff work really close in some of the, um, decisions made when it comes to um how law enforcement is going to show up and how they're going to i mean where they're going to show up so again um as anishinaabe people we do have that inherent right to hunt fish gather and occupy unseated and uh unseated territory so it's all turtle island robert 
Yeah, that's right. And, you know, getting together here in 1968, just to let her remind our allies out there, and uh, I know our Native listeners know this, but, you know, we took over Alcatraz because of uh, treaty rights, you know, and uh, at the time it was uh, any federal uh, land that was not used for a couple of years would go back over to the Native Americans, and that's what they did. And here we are uh all these years later, and 52 years or 54 years later, uh, we're still uh, in the front line here of treaties and reminding everyone that treaties are their supreme law. Right. And again, and you know, it's not a crime to assert treaties. It's a crime to deny them. And I think, you know, um, the more courage that we have to step up, you know, on the front line and, and defend who we are in a good way, um, well, show these people that, you know, those treaties do matter and our culture um, is protected by those treaties. And again, so what good is our way of life if we don't have our, our all these gifts that the Creator gave us, if they're not protected by these man-made pollutants, you know, and, and these bad decisions that are made on behalf of some of our elected officials. So I think, you know, um, looking back when I first came home from Standing Rock and where I'm at today, I think we're onto something good here, but it, it means being consistent. It means keep speaking your truth and holding people accountable and showing them a better way. So we like to lead with love, but we also like to kill them with kindness and beat them down with the truth, Robert. So, <laughs> Hey, I see a t-shirt. I think I like those. Zoe, write those down, what she just said. I, I, we'll have you do some beating or something on that. That's a that's a good one there, Nancy. Say that one yeah. again. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's called um, Kill Him With Kindness and Beat Him Down With The Truth. That's kind of my motto, and I've been doing it for, I, I, I kind of, I got the art of it down, Robert. So people ask yeah. me, how do you tell him off so eloquently? And it's like, um, it's actually just speaking from your heart and speaking that truth, you know. And uh, again, I'm from the Turtle Clan, and that's my responsibility to speak my truth. So I think it's in my DNA anyway. But my goal um, being here and um, holding space on the front line and, and showing these courts that, they lack subject matter jurisdiction over us is to inspire other people to come and, you know, and, and hold that front line. And it might, might not be here. It could be at East Phillips. It could be, you know, somewhere right. on line five, somewhere else across Turtle Island. But we all have those rights, um, those treaty rights. And again, you know, like I remember Bob Shimmick, one of our elders, he always says, what good are our treaty rights if we don't assert them? Right. So, yeah, we went up to White Earth last Saturday and they had this snowmobile race where they make $250,000 during the weekend and they don't give nothing back to the Natawash community it was on the White Earth um, Nation and um, they asked us to move we told them to move <laughs> it's like no we have the right to be here and because there was you know it was only a small group of people but we were really selective of the people that went there and we knew our treaty rights we know how to put up a a good argument to prove that we have those treaty rights. And at some point, uh, I think they made a decision just to leave us alone because they knew they didn't have nothing to stand on, you know, and that's how you assert your treaty rights. And again, um, we encourage other people to do the same because we, we need you. We, we need people to do that. And um, again, you know, just, just having the opportunity um, to hold space and, and show up what the good heart is kind of, you know, again, what we're supposed to be doing. So people are looking for purpose in life. This is, this is your calling. <laughs> this yeah. is, it is. Yeah. Nancy, I've never asked you this and we only got a minute left in the segment. So, uh, how, uh, how are your kids? How, how do they prove, show you that they're uh, really proud of what you do? Because I know I'm not one of your kids, but I'm really proud of you. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, for the you know when I first went to Standing Rock though Robert they were actually kind of like what are you doing mom because I'm kind of fearless but I got fearless because I went to Standing Rock so every time after that they're just really proud of me but they worry about my safety and they just show in a lot of ways they do things um, that I can't do if I'm on the front line or if I'm busy at a meeting or whatever it be so they show a lot of of the um, you know support at home by taking care of the animals and the gardens and all that good stuff. So, and they, and they pray for me and they, and they love me more for being strong. 
That's right on, and we love you here too. We want to g- grab you for another few more minutes in the second segment, and I know you got to get going, and uh, you know, uh, and uh, kill him with kindness and beat him down with the truth. Ho! Uh, we'll be right back. You uh, listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be back right back with Nancy Bolio. Ho! Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears let go of our addictions when we relearn our values when we live our teachings respecting our elders cherishing and honoring our children when we honor and take care of our spirit there will be no room left for sexual violence sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition Hey Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This segment of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, thanks, Zoe. Hey, we're here with Nancy Abolio of uh, MN350 and just all-around groovy person. But before we get any too, any uh, much further uh, with Nancy, Nancy just disappeared. Hopefully she's still there. Zoe, do you have any questions? Because I saw you shaking your head and raising your fist like right on. And uh, uh, I know you're uh, an activist too. So do you have anything to ask Fancy Nancy? Yeah, actually, um, you were talking earlier, Nancy, about, um, you know, what Bob Schimmick says, understanding your treaty rights um, so that you can use them. I was just wondering if in your work or just MN350 as a whole, there's any initiatives or projects you guys are working on to help educate Native youth so that they also know their treaty rights, because I know a lot of our youth um, don't get to learn a lot of the history in schools, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that is a good question. And, and you know, for um, it's been a good thought and, and you know, it, sh- it should be more than a thought. It should be, um, you know, in action right now. But there's been a lot that I've been through in the last year and a half. A lot of being on the front line kind of distracted us. But that is the goal. And actually, we're going to start a sugar bush um, in the next uh, few days or so. And our goal is to bring the youth there and educate them there right in, in the sugar bush camp. And we hope out of this camp that we find um, youth leadership and new leadership. Because again, you know, there's been, um, you know, the same people kind of holding the front lines here in Northern Minnesota, but our, our goal is to tell people it's okay. But I, I think the big part of that was winning that court case because we live in fear and, and the law enforcement currently criminalizes us for, um, you know, asserting those treaties. And so a lot of people didn't 
um, one, know about them because it's not in our history, you know, and, and, you know, the American schools are even in tribal schools and it's starting to come into the system now. But I think living the treaties and showing people, being that example that it's okay to assert those treaties and we want to bring you into camp. We want to find leadership that will help take that direction and that treaty education. So um, I'm kind of excited because it's my first sugar bush. Been wanting to sugar bush for the last three years, but again, it's been so, you know, busy. Um, but I'm in a good place now. Uh, I am actually moving some of the work forward and looking forward to um, growing um, with our youth. And actually we even onboarded, two grandmas the other day from white earth and so yeah it's 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 a good place to be well nancy uh do i have to send up a big uh, jar for uh for the pilot family down here or will you just send me a big jar down uh once you get that uh beautiful sap ma- maple syrup oh I think you need to come and visit Robert. So, um, yeah, you can come visit our office here in northern Minnesota. You know, it really reflects who we are, too, um, as Anishinaabe Native people defending our way of life and reminding, um, you know, these non-Native people that we have rights. And, you know, not not one treaty ever surrendered our, our, our sovereignty, nor those inherent rights to hunt, fish, and gather on the ceded territory. And when I say ceded, that means we gave up the title, but we never surrendered those rights. So again, at Firelight, or maybe in some of these sugar bushes or rice camps that we're about to start you know, holding space in that, we have that right to be there. You know, and we also have to challenge um, the government for their trust responsibility. Because sometimes, you know, we... We only think pipelines or mines are, are, are hurting us, but it they're cutting down our maple trees, you know, and yeah. killing medicines. And we have to learn how to find our way back because one of the excuses they give us, well, you guys aren't living that way anyway, so what does it matter? But huh. that's not our fault. So, we're again, you know, part of these uh, sugar bush camps or whatever kind of space we hold, it's a way to help bring our people back and learn together and understand that we are the power collectively. And, you know, that sovereignty is individual. We each have that. We're born with it. But collectively, it's a power that we can use together to um, move um, this awareness forward so these these non-Native people understand. Because, you know what, Robert, sometimes I'm not so nice. (laughs) And the ones that don't understand these these colonizers, I like to tell them in a good way, well, if you all don't like the treaties and you don't want to obligate, then I would, probably recommend you all build another mayflower and just head on back you know so or or remind them of one of one of the softball teams i used to play for that was called the wagon burners oh (laughs) yeah but you know again the treaty is intended for um you know to to live in peace and be good neighbors and leave ni mama a key in a better way than we found her and we do that for the seventh generation so there is an obligation so you know it's not about the the almighty dollar anymore, Robert. We have to learn that, you know, the water's more important than anything because, again, we are water and everything about us is water. And, you know, I ask a lot of people, what what good is anything else without clean water? You know, everybody it, says they're busy. They're too busy. Nancy, it's getting dark, I see, because you're getting darker and darker on the screen. It's getting dark out, but we're going to have uh, spring forward here this weekend. Uh, let everybody know before we let you go where you're at and what you're doing right now. Again, I'm in northern Minnesota. Um, I'm from the Leech Lake Reservation, and um, I work for Minnesota 350 as a northern organizer, and our work is to defend our treaties and remind people that we're still here, and we're trying to create a future that we can all thrive in together with our non-native treaty signers. So again, we're building awareness and we're going to, we're going to live those treaties, Robert. We're going to live those treaties. Right we're going to breathe new air into them. Hey, before you go, and I know you got to go, I just want to make an announcement and Zoe and I are going to talk about this in the next segment and a half, uh, is now I, I can, um, uh, mention this is that native roots trading post is now going to be at 80 games of the Minnesota twins. So we have a few things that we're going to be selling out there with some cards, some posters, and some original paintings and scarves. Um, 
So we're really excited to partner with the Minnesota Twins and be out there at kind of right center field. So that's 80 games. Uh, hopefully go in the playoffs and be more. But we're excited. Nancy, you're an artist. And what does that kind of mean when we can get some exposure in the mainstream to you? Um, I want to repeat that again. How does it feel as an artist that we would, that we uh, as Native Roots Trading Post are uh, getting mainstream and supporting our artists in the mainstream and non-appropriation? You know- Right. You know, I, I think it's, you know, from my own personal experience with the store and, and, and getting my work out there, I think it's it's been, a you know, a benefit for me to, to get, you know, our our way out there, our, our creativity, because a lot of the times when we're making art, we're telling our stories and, you know, there is cultural sharing. It's OK, you know, Robert, to do some cultural sharing. It just there are some cultural appropriation matters. But I think most importantly, I think some of the things that we um, sell are, are part of who we are and we're just sharing that, you know, like the, the, the monoman and, you know, some of the beadwork I make and the soap. So I, I think it's been nothing but a, a positive place for me as an artist. Cause you know, I'm too busy. Otherwise, Robert, I can't get out and market it. I can't go out and sell it. So it's another platform for me to be seen. Um, I hope to be, you know, someday, down there passing out some sample soaps or something or sharing yeah. some of my cookies. <laughs> I have a license <laughs> to bake too, but I, I don't even have time to bake, Robert. I wish I had more I time to bake. Oh, but, I know. Well, you're yeah. doing good work and we kept you longer than we promised, but we appreciate you uh, coming in every Tuesday and checking in and telling us what you're doing. Um, and you are always doing something and Nancy, you're a doer and you know, we get, uh, so much response when you're on, so we really appreciate stopping in. Right, and I want to give a big shout out to some of um, um, the supporters of our work. Again, it's Minnesota 350, and we also have Indigenous Environmental Network, Indian Collective, and you know the tribes around here also support our work. So a big shout out to them for making our work possible, and also to the allies that donate to our work. Because again, we probably couldn't do this work without our allies. And again. Um, we're all treaty people, so we all have to pitch in. If you can't afford to pitch in, just show up, and we'll show you how to be treaty strong. Well, hey, give a uh, because we only have like fifty seconds left in this, so we did it again. We fooled you. We said we'd only have you on one segment, and then we got you on two segments. And uh, give a uh, MN three fifties uh, website and uh, address out there for people that want to know what uh, the great work you're doing and that, that organization's doing. Right. Well, that's just mn350.org, Robert. And again, MN is for Minnesota. And then you could find us on Facebook, on Twitter. And, you know, find us, sign up for our email and find out ways you can support us. Because again, um, support is always good. It's building a sense of community as well, because we're not just here to do the work, Robert. We're here to take care of each other and make sure that everybody feels heard and feels safe and that we lead with love collectively. Wow, great way to end your segment. Peeny Geeky Nancy, thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Stay safe, uh, and we'll see you soon. All right, Miigwech for having me. Oh, uh, wow, that was Nancy Bolio, Zoe. Uh, always inspirational, well-spoken, and she's a doer. Yeah, it's always good to hear from Nancy. Hey, uh, up next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Native art and uh, us working with the twins, Native Ritz Trading Post, and 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 talk a little bit about that. So uh, Zoe and I will be back after this short break. Uh, please li- stay stay tuned. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. We'll be right back. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let let howl. howl. 
International Women's Day is on March 8th. Join us in celebrating by supporting the Equal Rights Amendment, or ERA. This is not your grandma's ERA. The new ERA language protects people regardless of race, color, creed, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, age, disability, ancestry, or national origin. Bring your friends and family to the Minnesota Capitol for ERA Capital Action Day on March 8th. Let's send a message that equality has no qualifiers. More at ERAMN.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong. Think about it. They all hold the hate. Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate. Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hello, it's Randy Rhodes. Team Randy, glad to be a part of the lineup of Progressive Voices on AM 950. Tune in, join us weeknights at 10. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to CafeLatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at CafeLatte.com. Hey, it's Tom letting you know that affordable energy storage has arrived with a solar battery from All Energy Solar. A solar battery works by storing excess electricity generated by your solar panels. You can then use that energy later. That means you won't have to use fossil fuel energy during evenings, cloudy days, or even power outages. All Energy Solar offers both customized residential and commercial solar battery storage solutions that enable you to capture the free, abundant power of the sun. Installing residential or commercial solar batteries from All Energy Solar is easy. They'll take care of everything from system design and permitting to installation, financing, and customer service. And best of all, the Inflation Reduction Act included an extension and increase to the federal solar tax credit. That tax credit will also apply to your battery backup, saving you even more money. So store your solar energy and cut out the fossil fuel companies with All Energy Solar. Call 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 31, then a chance of rain and snow on Wednesday with a high of 37. The Tungis Palette is a social enterprise business built with purpose and fortified with love. Discover the best peach cobbler in the world at Latungi's Palette, 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Visit the website at latungispalette.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring health and tradition. Hey, thanks, Zoe. Hey, Zoe, uh, you know, you're a young warrior here. You're in your early 20s, and uh, you're an artist. And let's talk a little bit. Uh, we're, we're celebrating in this segment before we get to the news at the end of the show kind of switching it off up today uh celebrate the fact that uh you know native roots trading post is going to be at the twins um uh during home games at the twins twin stadium at target field and we're really excited uh, to be doing that and uh people will be able to come in and grab stuff but your family's all artists and you're an artist and what does it mean for somebody to buy your product, you know, and what, what, why I'm asking that is because, you know, we were at the state fair for 13 days and we did a great job there, but we walk around and we see a lot of appropriation, 
a lot of stolen well it's called uh um inspired designs but we like to say stolen designs and um that, that must give your family and you uh, a really good feeling when something that you've made that's not stolen is is sold to the public and and cherished because i know when we bead each one of those beads is a prayer mhm definitely yeah and and no this is a huge deal and it's really really exciting um especially for all the artists that work alongside native roots trading posts which there are many and and more and more joining every year um i just think it's a wonderful opportunity for you know native folks at you know, the Twins game to see some representation. Um, I think that's always comforting wherever I go and happen to see another Native person or smell some smudge or hear a drum. It just makes me feel uh, much more at home and at ease. So I think that's going to be a really wonderful opportunity. And yeah, when it comes to, you know, Native art, it's it's getting harder and harder these days to decipher what is genuine and authentic and, and what is, you know, quote unquote, inspired by or, you know, made by a non-native, um, especially if you go on, you know, websites like Etsy or, you know, Amazon. I don't think, I don't know, a lot of native people use Amazon, but um, there's just so many pretendians out there. Um, I think buying from a native roots trading post and and actually being able to physically touch things is is really important um plus being able to hear the story or read a write-up about who that artist is um gives them credit too because it's not just their work it's also about um who they are and uplifting um their platform and you know their work so really cool all around yeah, you know, and one of the fun things as as you've witnessed with us uh, when we were at the fair was that we could say in one of my pitches was, because I guess I am a salesman, one of my pitches was I can tell you who made or who designed the name of the person in this in this booth here. And that's the same with what's going to happen at the Twins is that we'll be able to name every artist and some work with your dad and some work with us and um, – and we'll be able to tell them who made it, you know, and then they can go home and, and know that it's really supporting Native artists. And that's what, you know, I know your dad and he's helped us at Native uh, Roots Arts uh, to support artists, to really get the artists out there and support them. And I, I always say this, uh, Zoe, I always say, tell this story is that, you know, there's a artists that we were selling some paintings uh, the first go-around, the first year we were at uh, downtown Minneapolis at the Dayton's Project, and she did a big mural um, for one of these uh, big uh, art places in Minneapolis. I'm not going to say who, but she got paid a lot of money to do that. And But she's selling little paintings uh, for that she could sell for $50 to $100, for 10 bucks because she needs formula or she needs diapers and that's mm -hmm. not right, you know? Right. Right. And the more we don't support, you know, local artists, um, the more we end up supporting, you know, companies that have very unethical practices. Um, I think that's such a danger of, you know, the capitalist state we're in now is that we don't even know where half of our stuff is coming from. Um, right. Never mind the hands that may have touched it and how underpaid they were. Um, so that's a, that's such an incredible thing about, you know, native run businesses and stores is that um, we make such an effort to make sure that we know exactly where things are coming from, as, even, even as far as like where things are sourced. I mean, you, you probably know, um, so and so, you know, pick the medicine themselves to make the candles, you know, or, um, you know, I know a lot of the artists that you work with firsthand and they've been in, you know, the art world for a very long time. Um, but, you know, doing the powwow circuit and doing arts, arts fairs here and there is, is, is great and definitely supports um, a lot of people, but not like Nancy was saying, not everyone can make it out to those events and market their, their stuff. So kind of having a little bit of a middleman or someone to be there to promote their work, I think is something that I wish all native artists had access to um, because it's important that we get our work out there and we get the recognition for our work. 
Right. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is uh, the, I have this conversation with your father a lot, and that's um, the buying power. You know, we, we to a way to help with the buying power, because if you're selling something for ten dollars, you probably made it for five and then you got to pay taxes, you got to pay travel. And then what sounds like you're making a lot of money, whether you're going at the powwow or to an art fair really breaks down to not that much because of how expensive, whether it's a print or whether uh, something to be duplicated, uh, you know, where it costs too much money, you know. And so then, right. you know, people can afford it, then people can afford it, what people can afford it, you know. So getting that price point down uh, when you're buying, whether it's cards or posters of your art or T-shirts for that matter. Um, so your dad really helps with that and uh, mm. really, it really uh, commending his work and I want to yeah. be more like him working with artists like that. And your dad <laughs> is a great photographer too. Yeah, and, and just so for our listeners who don't know, um, my dad is Joseph Allen. Um, he's a photographer. He's been a writer. I mean, he's done it all for a really long time. And now he runs his own arts incubator up in Manoman, Minnesota, called Gijigan Arts. Um, and so he hosts shows, and a lot of his work revolves around helping other Native artists promote, make, and you know, sell their work. Um, and I think that's also a really important thing is having artists from all different generations be able to work collaboratively together to lift each other up and, and not, it's not about competing or trying to be better than one another. It's about making sure we're all, you know, going forward together. And I'm really proud of my dad for being able to be one of those people who can, you know, tell an artist like, Hey, you are underselling your work ridiculously right. because a lot of native artists will um, just because like you said, people need to buy baby formula. People need to buy gas. Um, and if you think you, you know, raise your price point a little bit, you might lose a sale, then you're probably going to go with a lower price. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's been a really, really critical point of Native Roots Trading Post that I've seen is just artists getting paid fairly for their work, um, right. which is unfortunately rare, you know. Well, there was a company too, Zoe, and uh, Ogama is with us again. Um, good to see you, Ogama. And uh you know, there was a company that uh, really didn't pay their artists that much. And uh, it was a white company that's uh, since been bought by a native tribe. And I don't really want to say the name, but, you know, they weren't getting a good a deal. And, uh, you know, but they want to get out there in mainstream because this place had a lot of capacity to uh, – to get their art out there. So what do artists want to do is get their art out there, but you also have to be an entrepreneur, a printer, all these things that I'm neither. <laughs> right, Ogama? Right. <laughs> right. You got to be your own uh, hype club too. You got to promote yourself. You got to know how to do your own taxes. You got to know how to run the social media aspect. You got to know uh, how to keep track of everything, have some sort of filing system to know how much money you made versus how much you spent on supplies. And all of that is stuff that some people maybe intrinsically are good at, uh, but a lot of people need training, you know, myself included, you know, working as an independent um, person in media, I, you know, I run into that wall all the time is, Oh, wow. Okay. So I need to remember to do this. I need to remember to keep my receipts and to track my mileage and to keep track of all these things as I go. And in theory, it sounds really simple. And then when you're actually in practice of it, it, it becomes quite difficult to do all of those things. So having the support of an organization like Native Roots Trading Post that does pay fairly and is kind of almost like a one-stop shop for, for Native people to be able to say, okay, I've sold my art here and you know they're going to make sure that I get the money back from what of mine sells there and uh, kind of take some of that a little bit of that stress off, um, which is really, like you said, rare when it comes to people who are, you know, maybe wholesaling their things to larger companies that are, are really just trying to nickel and dime people to get yeah. the best price to make money for their business. I don't know if you saw this, Okma, but when you mentioned taxes, my left eye started twitching. I don't no, know. No, yeah, mine that. too. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, April 15th is going to come real fast, everybody. So if you haven't started yet, now's the time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell extension? Oh, wow. Yes, I'll do that. 
<laughs> you'll you'll know soon, Zoe. You're you're in the real world oh. now. <laughs> I'm already paying taxes. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, we all do pay taxes, whether it's buying gas or whatever. But uh, this entrepreneur thing, and I just was listening to Ogma about you know a lot of the freelance work she does, and my eye was twitching for her too. <laughs> so we well, we've shook it up. We shook it up a little bit here. We only got like a minute left, Ogamai. We shook it up a little bit. We're going to do the news at the end here. And um, really, uh, it's kind of fun to do it a little differently. Um, But change is hard for somebody old like me, too. So, uh, hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm with uh, Zoe, Alan, and Ogama. And we just had Nancy Boldy on, and we're going to have the news on next. So you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. Please stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging, helping older Minnesotans and caregivers find answers and connect to services and supports. Questions about Medicare, transportation, looking to move to senior housing, overwhelmed with prescription drug plans? Call the Senior Linkage Line at 800-333-2433 or visit trellisconnects.org where we help people optimize well-being as they age. That's trellisconnects.org. Don't drive too fast or you will miss Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue. Scott Jamama's offers huge taste out of a little place. Located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road near the intersection of Nicolette Avenue and West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis, this tiny hole in the wall offers mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Don't forget to add the potato salad, spicy baked beans, twice-baked potatoes, and delicious desserts. Find their winter hours and full menu at scottjamamas.com. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and their health. Whether it's for a new baby, an unexpected illness, or an aging parent, Minnesotans deserve time to care for themselves and their families. That's why Minnesota Democrats are fighting for all working people to have paid family and medical leave. Learn more about how Democrats are standing up for working families and small businesses at PaidLeaveMN.org. That's PaidLeaveMN.org. Paid for by Minnesota AFL-CIO. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh, good, good one. Hey, we uh, talk about a lot of news here, and this uh, Native Ritz Radio is where we speak on news that you normally don't hear anywhere else, so... We're going to hand it over to Ogama, and I think uh, Zoe and I are going to take off. No, I'm just kidding. But, hey, uh, we got Ogama with the news. Welcome, Ogama. I hope things are okay there and uh, up there in the deep north. Good to see you. Yeah, things are good. Bonjour, everybody. I'm Ogama Ganuakwe. I am a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I uh, have some news for you here on Native Roots Radio. The first thing that I want to do is give a shout out to uh, my baby. Nova Lee will be one tomorrow. Um, and I likely won't be on the show tomorrow because I'll be celebrating uh, with a little dinner with her at home. So shout out to you, baby. And uh, yeah, it was a little late to the show today. <laughs> she happened to fall down and uh, could not get her um, her temper back uh, after she fell. She was pretty mad about it. So um, happy to be on. And uh, the big thing that I wanted to talk about today is uh, Thacker Pass Lithium Mine, uh, which is uh, in Humboldt County, Nevada, uh, near the Nevada and um, 
near the Nevada border, excuse me. And it is uh, unfortunately uh, one of the largest known lithium deposits in the U.S. and one of the largest in the world. And uh, as of last week, a federal judge has granted uh, the company that was working through uh, the lithium mining uh, company there to go ahead and start construction. And uh, that really is something that is uh that, that we need to talk about. So the company is Lithium America's Core, and it is backed by uh, General Motors. And the big reason that they're mining for this lithium is because they need it for batteries, for cell phones, for electric vehicles, for all of those types of things that we use in our modern living. And uh, because of this, uh, the Biden administration, unfortunately, is really is backing a lot of this. Uh, they have set, you know, a uh, fossil fuel deadline and are really working to be, you know, fossil fuel free. But unfortunately, mining for lithium and um, Biden's really big bit here is that he wants to stop having to rely on China for lithium. So this is kind of the dark side of uh, the current administration that we have is that we're, we're kind of robbing from Peter to pay Paul in these situations. We may, we may from this get more electric vehicles, uh, which may lower carbon emissions, but also poison water and land in the process. So, um, Tribal nations in Nevada and elsewhere have said that the digging would desecrate an area that they hold sacred and uh, has our ancestral bones and artifacts and, in fact, is actually the site of a massacre um, of peoples there. Um, there's three tribes that have been really involved in these lawsuits trying to stop the Thacker Pass mine, the Reno Sparks Indian Co Colony. Burns Paiute Tribe um, have now joined the Summit Lake Paiute Tribe. And the name for their sacred site is Pihi Maha. And it is a place where Shoshone and Paiute people pray and gather to honor the relatives who were massacred there. The translation to, of Pihi Maha is Rotten Moon. And uh, their ancestors were murdered by the U.S. Cavalry in 1865 in uh, the area of the past that shaped like a moon. And the victims of the massacre never received a proper, proper burial. So these tribes have now filed a new lawsuit um, after the U.S. Ju District Judge uh, Miranda Du ruled largely in favor of the Canada-based Lithium Americas event um, company. The reason that it's said ruled largely in favor uh, by Judge Dew is because the judge did order that the Lithium Americas was going to have to do testing on the uh, discharge or waste materials that they intend to leave um, on the land while they're doing the mining. Um, but ultimately, it still allowed them to start construction. Um, meanwhile, the tribes filed another lawsuit representing those three tribes, and uh, they refined, refined their complaints to the Bureau of Land Management of the United States about um, the lack of consultation prior to the agency's approval of the project. And they claimed that the uh, Bureau of Land Management actually withheld crucial information from the Nevada State Historic Preservation Office and misrepresented the extent of the agency's tribal consultation before approval. Proving the lithium mine project. Uh, this is coming from the Nevada Current. Uh, very similar to what we see that happens here um, in Minnesota, right, Robert? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So both the Reno Sparks Indian Colony and the Burns Paiute Tribe have previously sued the federal government after they were not consulted on the project and arguing that there is an ongoing oversight that violates the National Historic Preservation Act. And now the Summit Lake, the Summit Lake Paiute Tribe was one of the first of those tribes to say that they were never consulted. And um, this has been going on, <laughs> Thacker Pass. And uh, the mining here has really been an ongoing issue, uh, at least for the last, I believe, five years or so. And um, it's it's a big part of this is because it's on federal land. And the, the law that governs the United States' ability to do what it wants with what's considered to be federal land is uh, hasn't really been updated very much since like 1890 or 1860. I can't remember exactly the date. Uh, but that law is uh, very old and is not really keeping up with the times here and certainly not keeping up with the rights of Native people. So um, 
in this case, the federal government yet again ruled that uh, its own interests were stronger than that of the uh, Native peoples in um, Nevada. So I just want to take a moment to put some prayers up for those three tribes and um, their ongoing fight. So uh, prayers up for Reno Sparks Indian Colony, Burns Paiute Tribe, and Summit Lake Paiute Tribe as they continue to battle this very toxic mine. And, um, you know, prayers for their communities as those um, those workers and uh, uh, people who could, um, you know, cause harm to their land, to their water, to their uh, families, to their women, um, as all of those things start to um, do a massive influx into their country or con- yeah, into their country, into Indian country there, just like they did here with Line 3 in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, also in Minnesota, you know, we're looking at the um, the the nickel mine, the copper nickel mine, uh, talon mine. And a lot of people are, you know, thinking that this talon mine is going to be great because the nickel is going to be sold to Tesla to make electric cars. And, um, you know, that it was released sometime last year that Tesla had signed on supposedly because the talon uh, copper nickel mine in Tamarack, Minnesota was going to uh, be able to have nickel they could use to make their batteries. But unfortunately, uh, Talon Metals Corporation um, is, you know, in the process of scoping out uh, what they can do to build this uh, nickel mine. And uh, it's going to be an open pit mine. And it's a mine that is uh, not safe for water and land. And currently, I know the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe is openly opposing it, according to their website, um, stating that, you know, this mine is just going to be within a few miles, uh, actually 1.3 miles from homes of members of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe um, near Round Lake in Minnesota. And um, that they have major reservations and problems with this um, tamarack mine and uh, what it could compromise, including wild rice and um, other, you know, water and land quality issues here. Um, And I just am just kind of floored um, after reading article after article on both of these topics. Uh, Not only is the environmental risks in these projects really well known, uh, but it just, it really seems like the the federal government and uh, state governments especially have been kind of turning a blind eye to this because there's this rush for, for lithium and for nickel and these things that we need for electric and the electric future. And, um, you know, it's something that we need to consider um, that we can't mine our way out of a climbing cr- climate crisis. So prayers up to communities. And uh, Robert, I know how you close the show. So, <laughs> Hey, Pina Gigi Ogama, Zoe, thank you so much. And Nancy Bolio for being on the show today. Hey, if you are listening to this show, you are part of the resistance. From Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now. <laughs> <laughs>